Hi, I'm Jane O'Reilly, and this is Ageless. I'm 40, and my life is just getting started. I'm here to share real talk and real experiences about how to live life ageless. Nothing's off the table. You know the vibes. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to Ageless. And today, I am joined by former athlete and semi-pro football coach, and he's also one of my greatest friends, Rob Helena. Welcome to Ageless. Yeah, of course. So I invited Rob on today because number one, I did a Q&A on Instagram recently for suggestions and I had a request for an athlete to come on the show. And number two, Rob is so layered and he's so full of life. He's the epitome of ageless. So Rob, let's go back in time. Give us a cliff note version of your life as an athlete and how did you grow into the coach that you are today? Um, so for starters, my, my dad's side of the family is from the South. So like small town, high school football is kind of like embedded in my soul. Then, uh, the whole growing up with my dad being an LSU alum, football is kind of a a thing. Um, kind of a big thing. I've been to LSU. I had no idea that that is what football was all about. Like I wanted, I wanted to go to LSU after seeing the campus because there was so the camaraderie and just the spirit at that school. I was like, damn, that's a, that football is probably insane. Yeah. My dad used to record the LSU games on VHS. And then when he dropped me off at my grandparents, like during the week, during summer, when I was like six or seven, I'd take it and I would just watch LSU football games over and over and over all day long at my grandparents, the same game. Damn. Well, I think, uh, I think you found your calling. Yeah. Um, And then as I grew older though, um, you know, I was always playing. I always wanted to play, played all sports. And um, the older I got, the more dysfunctional my family got. And so it was, it became an outlet. Um, and like in high school during the summer, I would just get up and go to school and go to the weight room and go to classes and go back to the weight room and go to the field and then go to practice, then go home and sleep and then do it all over again. Just cause I want to be nowhere around my house. I want to be nowhere around my, the, the, um, and we can get into that more later if you want, but it became an outlet and, um, you know, it was just a drive to, um, rise above like what I was put in outside of football. I didn't want, I wanted no part of it outside of sports in general. Cause I played more than just football. I played uh, baseball and, and basketball as well, but football was my go-to. Yeah. I played a lot of football from a young age. Um, and I was, I was, uh, played varsity for three years and I was just not, um, I just, I don't want to be like the Al Bundy, like the, the, expired ass shoe salesman talking about how great of a high school football player he was you know what i mean oh my god that's hysterical i I did all right i did all right so yeah and then um through through that process though i complete i like lost sight of the fact that um people went to college for an education and i thought it was just like a stepping stone um for sports and then after after i got injured and i I wasn't able to play anymore i kind of just um got thrusted into the world. I mean, I got thrusted in the world at, before I was done playing, but, um, when did you get injured? My senior year. Oh yeah. Did you have so, schools looking at you? Yeah. Oh God. That is just yeah. heartbreaking. Old, heartbreaking. 
recruiting trips, the whole nine. So, wow. So, um, so what came next for you after, after your injury? Did you, I mean, did you follow up with schools or anything like that? Or that's when you got into coaching? Not exactly. I didn't even get into coaching until like 12, 15 years later. Um, I just went. So, I mean, I, I've been on my own since the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. And I was just kind of catapulted into the world. Um, and I had to do what I had to do to, to survive. You know, I was putting a, from one toxic family environment to just a super toxic world in a super toxic neighborhood that will always hold a special place in my heart. That neighborhood will, um, of course. Oceanside. So throwing Ocean it out there. Oceanside. No side or no side. Um, <laughs> so that's where you played football. So you grew up in, or in Oceanside and yeah, that's where you Rancho played. Vista. Nice. Yeah, it was uh, fun. Our school was like a football factory though. Um, its first year of existence was 1988 and it won the state championship. Um, Actually, your Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, was the quarterback at my school that year. No way. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, um, go Padres. Um, no, go Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, if you haven't seen Rob on my Instagram page, we have a very friendly banter because I am a diehard Dodgers fan, which you all know, and Rob is a diehard San Diego Padres fan which I totally understand as he grew up here, <laughs> but we do have the San Diego. I'm sorry. I almost said San Diego chargers. I wish they would just come back. The LA chargers. We do have that in common. Those guys, man, I'll, I'll support the chargers, but I'll never give the Spanos family another dollar of my money. You know, I had season. You're not alone. Last, yeah. I had season tickets the last nine years they were here and um, man. They just man. did a lot wrong when i, I moved like they owe me money still when i was living in los angeles that is when the chargers moved to la and i was probably one of the only fans that was happy mm. about the move uh i wasn't <laughs> living in san diego yet and i was like so pumped i'm like i'm a football team that's in my town that's great and then i moved to san diego and there's no football team yeah what the fuck <laughs> I, I rolled over my season tickets from the Chargers to the Padres. I think that was a smart move. You know what? Yeah. You guys have a really good team. You have a really good team. You got a little bit of bad luck, but you have a really great team. And I, I see what you guys are doing with your farm system. And I really, I mean, even though you gave a lot of players away for Juan Soto, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Uh I really well, think that you guys are going to do big things. You're, you did huge things this year and some crazy moves. And I see you guys going all the way here soon. I really do. Fun fact. I heard today on the radio, uh, for those stats, statisticians, stat, how do you, statisticians, statisticians, not esthetician. We aren't getting our eyebrows done. No, we're but, not. Um, we're not doing that today. Padres starting pitching hasn't given up a run in like six games. Damn. Well, Last night, was it last night that Blake Snell had a no-hitter yeah. going on? Yeah, no-hitter into the middle of the seventh. Yeah, that's rad. And Pujols just poked one through the shift. Oh, he does shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. We it's have like, them next, so wear them down. Just wear them down for us. Working on it. They're playing right now, actually. Let me see what the score is. Oh, my goodness. 
So what I want to know is how did you get inspired to go into coaching? It was the randomest thing ever. Um, I'd always wanted to, but I just, life didn't really like allow me, you know, I had to make a living and, and coaches don't really get paid on the entry level. I was at real, a talk real quick. Can you tell us what the team name is and where you right guys now, are located? Yeah. Right now I'm with the team. We're called the beach city giants. We're in a uh, look out, play out of long beach. Nice. Um, LBC, LBC, yeah. East side, 20th street, Shittick field. All right. Um, Say that again for all the listeners so they can come and cheer for your team. Shittick Field, um, 1900 Walnut Ave. 1900 Walnut Ave, Shittick Field, Long Beach. Go support the Beach City Giants. I'll be there. I'm going. I'm going to a game. I promised Rob long ago that I would go. So I'm going to bring Monroe. I'm going to dress her up as a cheerleader. And (laughs) um, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. So, but it started... uh... 2017 I was at a taco shop and some uh, there was a team in San Diego and they were having a coaches meeting after practice and one of the um, coaches recognized me from when I played and they invited me out to practice the next night and that was a wrap and uh, I was they offered me a position on the staff and then I was was with that team down here uh, for about four seasons three seasons and then I've been up in Long Beach for the last two seasons so how did you hear about the Long Beach team or are you just, they were in the, they were in the same league as, as the team that I was with before in San Diego. Okay. And, um, they, re- after the last spring season, they reached out to me, wanted to bring me up. So I love it. Congratulations. Worked out, thanks. Worked out the travel and all that good stuff. Yeah. So. Cause that's kind of a trek to, I remember yeah. talking to you when you were sitting in traffic a few times and yeah. That is quite a commitment to drive from San Diego to Long Beach any time of the day is a trek and, you know, bravo to you. More power to you, Rob. That's awesome. Thank you. And, you know, what, what is it that you get out of coaching that you just can't get enough of? Honestly, it's an outlet. Um, Just like, you know, when, when I played, like I mentioned earlier with just the, the massive amounts of dysfunction that I had at home and, and I use sports and football and fitness as, as my outlet just to forget about it all. Um, not to say I have massive amounts of dysfunction anymore because I don't. Um, I've worked through so much shit to where I'm like good with what I am, but there's still stress, you know, stress involved in my life um, on a daily basis, just like any, anyone, anybody that's going to tell me that they have no stress in their life and, and they're completely good and, and is a liar. I mean, there's still, you know, day-to-day stressful, stressful shit happening. And um, all I can know is when I, all I know is when I'm up to practice and I'm, I'm running drills and going th- through schemes and then on game day during pregame and, and those three hours during the game, like while I'm on that sideline and that game's going on, everything else is secondary. Um, everything else is secondary. So um, that's probably the main thing I get out of it, you know. Um, you're in the zone. And when you're in the zone, you yeah. what? Can't miss. <laughs> right. So, um, and now just like that was the same thing when I was uh, when I was younger in school, it was, you know, dealing with what I was dealing with. If you want to get into that later, we can. But, uh, we absolutely will, because on the Ageless podcast, 
nothing's off the table. In fact, I just talked about uh, my back-to-back rejections on the last podcast. So we can definitely go into the deep stuff with you, Rob. But here, real quick, while we're talking about coaching, I know there's so many former athletes out there and of all different shapes and sizes and and um, abilities. And if somebody wanted to get into coaching, what would you recommend? Like how, how would somebody get started? How could you just jump on a team or, or do you network? Let us know. What's the deal? It's tough. Cause I didn't really do that. I just, somebody recognized me at a taco shop from when I played and invited me out to practice, you know? And I mean, since there I've coached, you know, semi-pro I've coached 13 new travel. Um, and now I'm, you know, where I'm at now. And I've had conversations with different high school programs down here in San Diego. Um, honestly, it, it's a crapshoot. I mean, there's, you can look up, there's coaching clinics um, or you can go to it and get some experience and then um, kind of, but you kind of have to start off, you know, pop Warner, um, you know, it's not, it's one of those things. It's not really what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. And it's crapshoot and it's, it's, it's a stroke of luck, um, you know, and it sucks because I want to, all the high schools that I've talked to down in San Diego, I was talking to one high school and then the pandemic hit and everything got shut down. I was talking to another high school down here. Um, and that coach, uh, ended up resigning from his position that had been there. He'd been at Point Loma for like 20 some years. Um, there's just one thing after another that I keep getting these offers from schools up in LA because of where I'm at now with the giants. Right, right. And, um, I can't, it's not really feasible with, with my day job, you know, true. So, so, cause it's a lot more, you know, uh, it's, it's more of a job at that level than it is, is, it is a hobby. Oh, absolutely. So that's not something you could do full time. I'd have to live with my mom. Okay. <laughs> like, it, All right. It, that makes tough. all like, the sense. Even like on the junior college level, I think only a, a small portion of the coaches get paid. Even at, at, on the high school level, coaches get like a, a stipend for the year. So at the end of the year, they'll just get one check for like, you know, a couple thousand bucks. Um, Unless you're then, LSU, I'm sure. Well, colleges, division one college is a little bit different. <laughs> I'm just playing. If anybody's listening at a college level, give me a call. So, and I mean, a lot of guys, they'll like the JC coaches, they take a leave of absence from the regular job and go to football season and go back to the regular job the rest of the year. Um, and they save up as much money as they can during the regular year to, to do that. So, I mean, if you watch like um, shows like Last Chance You and, and shows like that. Last I mean, they, Chance what? Last Chance You on Netflix. Oh, okay. Netflix, but, Last Chance You. Yeah, you'll see the coaches don't. A lot of the coaches are there um, and they're just basically padding their resume, not getting paid, still living with their parents in their 20s. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a labor of love for sure. I think that's the perfect way to put it. Labor of love. Yeah. Well, I guess that would be a good transition into, you know, what came up for me as you were sharing your story is, you know, how, how do you push through when you're in an environment that is so dysfunctional and so toxic, how do you keep yourself in a positive space? How do you keep yourself game ready? How do you, how do you stay motivated and determined? It's hard to do it without the tools, you know? Um, one thing like before when I would just 
go and I used, um, I'll just be at school all day working out in the weight room and stuff because it was so toxic. My home life was so toxic. Um, all I accomplished was like clearing my head for that point and blocking everything out. At the end of the day, I went back and was still there. Um, it, it's, it's hard. You just have to, I have, I've gained some tools. I've done a lot of work on myself for the last five, six, seven years and, um, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, right down the board. And I've had plenty of people try to derail me from, from that process. And one person specifically I've allowed to derail me from that process. And that's on me for not, not having that super solid boundary with myself, um, to, to not let that happen. But, um, yeah, you just have to find what works for you. Like I found what works for me, whether, um, that's like a morning reflection, a, a daily meditation. Um, cause now the days of being able just to go do something and block everything out are over. Cause I have to go to work and I have to function. I'm a functioning adult. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, well, you also, for those of you who don't know, Rob, he is a side hustler extraordinaire. I have side hustlers extraordinaires on this show all the time. You're one of the hustlers, man. I mean, when do you stop? Get rich or die trying and I'll sleep while I'm dead. Pretty much. I like it. I love it. You know what I mean? What I, I've been in positions before, um, or I've not so much recently, but like I've been, I've had more money than I could possibly spend or even knew what to do with it at, at times. And I've also been flat ass broke and, you know, without, a, without a dollar to eat and, um, you know, not really anywhere to stay sleeping on people's couches if they let me and, and, um, bat, battling some specific demons that I was using t- to, uh, kind of get past some up, some pain from, sorry, I live next to a fire station. It's all good. <laughs> Siren goes on, but yeah, battling some demons that, uh, that stem from, uh, that toxicity I was talking about when I, when I was younger. So, um, I've been on both sides of it. How'd you get money through it? Money doesn't bring me happiness, but at the same time, like I'm pretty miserable when I'm broke and fucking hungry. So just have to find that balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you were talking about your morning ritual and morning meditations. Uh, I have one as well. My morning ritual is the most sacred thing I do every day because when I fill myself up with positivity and goodness and I write it down and meditate on it, there's something that it does for me spiritually that I can't explain. I just, I feel awake and I feel prepared and equipped equipped for the day. So I love that you brought that up because is that something that has saved you in, in your day to day? I'm going to say save me, but it's, it's helped me a lot. Um, kind of what I do in the morning is, um, whether it be before I start the day or on my way to work, depending on how many times I hit the snooze button there. Um, I just, I keep it quiet and I just sit and, and I just do some breathing and, um, I just kind of open up, open up my mind and, um, to specific words, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, words will come to me. Um, intuitive you know? thought. Yeah, intuitive, there you go. Intuitive thought, like uh, perspective, you know, where like perspective will come to me means, you know, or um, 
you know, resilience or manageability, you know, um, or the next football play. Uh, yeah. I, I try to, <laughs> I try to let that come on a different, on a, on a, on a different platform, but, um, yeah, I just kind of listened the other day, you know, the three P's came to me the other morning, peace, positivity, and production. You know what I mean? Um, I've never heard of that before, but I love that. I just made it up on the fly when it came to me. Peace. The three Product- P's. The three P's. Let's say that again. The three peaceful, P's. stay positive and be productive. I love it. I think everybody could live by that. <laughs> so what would you say has been, since we're going a little bit deeper now, what has been your, the biggest milestone for you lately? Um, you know, in the, in the last few years, I've, uh, I think I've done some work internally a lot of it over the past four or five years and um i've been able to allow myself to be vulnerable just in general with people and sometimes um it as a result of being vulnerable i i there's pain involved but if you use that pain in a productive manner as a lesson um then it's not necessarily a bad thing you know not at all i think vulnerability is such a beautiful quality to have and it it opens the door for a heart-to-heart conversation it's authentic it's 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 hard to do sometimes i think that's a huge growth rob i'm proud of you well i mean if if for so long i was had so many fucking like terrible feelings. I was numbing them out with substance and, and everything else. And, uh, I hadn't been vulnerable in my, you know, I, I come from the place I come. If, if you show vulnerability, people see that as fear and they feed on it. And they'll, they'll freaking go for it. So, um, I, I hadn't been vulnerable in probably 15, 20 years with anybody. Um, and the fact that I first step was becoming vulnerable with myself and identifying like, the source of all my fear and, and, and I, I put on, I'd walk around with my chest out and beat my chest and be a big tough guy and put on like I was some, something else. But the reality of it was, I was just, a, I was scared shitless inside to, to let anybody see what was going on. Um, so once, uh, so as a byproduct of that, there was no growth. I wasn't growing at all. Um, internally, externally in any way, shape or form. And so once I did start to become vulnerable on different, on different platforms and, different avenues. I finally started to grow a little bit more and it's, you know, slowly become who I am right now. Do you feel like it's helped you become a better coach? Yeah. I mean, there's two different, there's Rob, there's Rob that's here right now. And then there's coach Rob that will just blow his top real fucking quick. And, um, it's two, it's almost like two different mental states. Well, weren't we just having a conversation about anger? We were just having a conversation about anger. I was in the car and we were going deep on that. And what was the one thing I suggested to you that worked for me the other day? Scream really, really loud. Scream into the night. And (laughs) I had a situation, actually... my last couple of weeks have been so tumultuous emotionally and I, it was making me irritated and agitated and very angry the other day. 
And unfortunately, one of my greatest friends was talking to me and like asking me questions. And I just lost it on the phone. I literally screaming at the top of my lungs and immediately had to apologize for that. But I felt so much better. I felt like the energy was just released out of my body. So I completely get what you're talking about, about blowing your top at the games. I blow my top at the games all the time. Um, But anger is medically proven to, if you hold it inside, it creates ulcers, cancer, other negative diseases. And I, I, I just feel like if we have that negative energy, we, we've got to let it out. We have yeah. to let it out. Scream into a pillow, scream into the night, scream underwater. The thing I never really show my emotions outwardly. Um, and so like when I get really, really angry, like I just get really, really quiet and then it just kind of burns and, and burns up inside of me. So, um, and, and it's hard when I try to like, express it to somebody in, in a healthy way, like the way I'm feeling is completely devalued and discounted, then it definitely doesn't, it doesn't help the situation. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That just kind of feeds the demon. Yeah. And I, I've allowed myself to, I've allowed somebody to like basically devalue me for the last couple of years on, on, you know, different, different periods of time. And, uh, I've just recently within the last month or two, I've had to set a super solid hard boundary with myself that I'm not going to allow that person or anybody else to, to ever treat me like that again. Cause it's, it's uh, just not, a, it's not a good feeling. Well, you don't deserve it for one. And all this work that you've done on yourself and the consistency of your daily work, I just feel like we get to a point where enough is enough. We draw the line in the sand. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you've kind of gotten a play-by-play with that one over the last couple of years. I certainly have. I've had the play-by-play and I'm really proud of you for just taking your life back and, and valuing yourself enough to walk away. I've had to do that in my past. And it's really hard when you really love somebody, when you truly love somebody, but I just saw an Instagram post the other day, and I hope I don't butcher this, but it said... I don't even know if I really love her. Like, after the first year or two, it was just comfortable. And, and then I had something to prove, and I'm loyal, like, to a fault. When I'm loyal to somebody, there's, like, I'll put myself... I've put myself through, like, through hell being loyal to people that... that and sometimes it even it works with me. Like, how loyal I am to people works completely against me. So, I mean, I'm a Scorpio. I can't... It's just... <laughs> I'm, I'm a Scorpio. So no, I'm just kidding. I'm a Libra, but, uh, we, we are the autumnal birthdays together. Rob yeah. and I are about a month apart. Like exactly. Yeah. I'm older. <laughs> Have fun with that. Okay. So there was, there was a, uh, Instagram post I saw the other day that I absolutely love. Well, here's a good one. Distance yourself from people that bring out the person you're not trying to be anymore. Love that. That's uh, I got that from Jay Shetty. There was another one. Oh, I think I freaking saw that. I think I put that one up. Did you? That would be hilarious. I also saw a good one. It says, uh, can you guys stop breaking each other's hearts? The gym's getting too packed. (laughs) That's a good one. I know I can always count on Rob 
for the best memes. I always, I laugh every day. You send me at least one good one every day and you got to have a, a good meme friend, you know? Yeah. Rob's mine. Um, okay. Well, I can't find, I can't find this post, which totally bums me out because it was really good. doesn't matter. We're just going to move on to something else because I'm going to get distracted looking at Instagram. Um, but I think the one that I read is good. So I know that you and I were talking the other day at the pool and you've had some major breakthroughs. Let's talk about that. No, it's just going to, um, back to allow, allowing anybody to devalue me and, and knowing my self-worth and, you know, not allowing anybody to, um, not allowing anyone else besides me to set my self-worth. Um, I know what I'm worth and I'm not going to, uh, be devalued by another human being. Good for you. That's huge. Is that Here something is. you wish you would have had back when you were playing sports? Do you think it would would have made you a better athlete? I mean, yes and no, because the whole the whole thing with athletics, especially at that level, is you have the other people telling you what you're worth and what you're capable of and what you can do. I think it can de- be slightly demoralizing to to a 16 year old kid looking back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Football is fierce. Just in any in any sport these days, you know, in in, in any youth sports, you got you know travel ball, you got um, baseball. Right now, my nephew's starting the recruiting process to play. uh, He's going to play shortstop, pretty much at any anywhere he wants in 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 the country. You know, yeah. So uh, congrats to him. I let him must be a proud uncle. Yeah, too bad. um, Never mind. (laughs) His mom's kind of freaking on my shit list at the moment, but neither here nor there. Yeah. This too shall pass. Yeah. (laughs) So how does one join a semi-pro football team? Is that something you have to try out for, or is this a recruitment process? How do you you get there? Typically teams will post up um, it's word of mouth advertisement. Um, teams will post up when they're having tryouts. Um, I think uh, prior to the season, there, there's two. So from this level, people don't really go to the NFL. They'll either go play arena football or they're playing Canada or overseas somewhere. Um, Can you explain youngsters. what arena football is? It's interesting. It's like uh, eight man football on a 50 yard field in a sports arena rather than a giant stadium. So like, they play in the Staples Center. They play the San Diego Sports Arena. Um, different set of rules: three linemen, uh, three linemen, four uh, four re- running backs, receivers, and a, and a quarterback. And it's real fast. Typically, the scores are typically like in the sixties, forties, fifties, sixties. Then it's a much faster pace. Different motion rules. Different. That it, it's fun to watch. So okay, take me next time because that sounds like a blast. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go to one. So I think San Diego, they got the San Diego Strike Force. Um, but I got one of my uh one of the guys I've watched since he was like 18 has kind of come up on the on our on the semi-pro level. He's down in Brazil right now playing professional football in Brazil. Um I have a couple guys over in Turkey and um Germany, one in the CFL. And it's a trip. So you think, you know, they have football in Europe or they have football. I thought those were soccer places. American football. American football, right. And the answer is yes, they do. The only what 
American football is here, you can soccer is in those countries, right? Yeah. The biggest absolutely. Of- uh, so now f- football, as in soccer, right. is so massively huge in Europe and and that part of the world. Well, now flip that. We have the major league soccer and um, all the different soccer leagues here, right? And they're kind yeah, of and it's actually grown so much. It's becoming much more popular in right. the states, and I'm so happy about that. And a lot of the really great players will come to the MLS to retire, like Dave and Beckham did, and right. many others. And that's kind of the equivalent. So what what soccer is to here is what American football is in those other countries. It's not quite at the level that soccer is there down in South right. America and Europe and stuff, but it's still a professional sport and they have a, they have a large following and they get to play in arenas and pack crowds. And uh, yeah, so these guys get from here, they get to go experience that. And a lot of the guys that are on the level that I'm at, that I'm coaching at, they're really good football players. They either, you know, played in college and didn't get drafted or they were in college got for whatever reason didn't weren't able to make the grades or, or got uh kicked out of school for whatever reason and so now they're trying to put film together on this level and get out of here um and some of them are just um on their way out and they're just playing for the sheer love of the game after they've played in college and played some uh, you know different professional league cfl and stuff and they're just not ready to give the game up yet and they're just playing for sheer joy fun and enjoyment now, do you ever see NFL scouts at your games? No. No? Not so much. Well, basically the way it works is um, all, all the NFL, they're all at the colleges. We have huddle accounts and um, we put our film together and we send it out to the different schools. Some guys still have college eligibility. Some of them are just out of the military and they have all their college eligibility. Um, you know, different from, all, there's all it's a such a huge different platform um so like i was saying earlier typically they'll go for my they'll play arena football here they'll be off in uh europe or, or south america playing playing american football that's awesome i definitely didn't think it was even a thing in those parts of the world it is and it's growing it's good to know. It's just like soccer really is growing here in the States. And I'm, I'm really happy to know that yeah. American football is growing too in other parts of the world because it is fun. And now, I mean, how do you possibly have time? Because now you've got NFL and MLB going right now. It's crazy making. Um. <laughs> but we're going into the best time of the year. October, yeah. not only is my favorite month because, uh, my birthday's in October, but it's postseason baseball. Yep, that part. That part is right. So. Well, Rob, I have so enjoyed this conversation, and I'm just so thankful that you came on the show today and you dropped so much information. Uh, if there's any listeners out there that want more information on a semi-pro team or even just talk about football or you know, want to go deep with Rob because he's vulnerable now. So <laughs> I'm going to post up with the right people, <laughs> with the right people. Of the course. Right people. I'm just, you know, I'm just pulling your leg. I, I will post up Rob's uh, social media information and uh, give him a follow. Yeah. Where can we, where can we find you? 
Rob with two B's, R-O-B-B, Helena, H-E-L-E-N-A. They're at Rob Helena. Mm-hmm. Are B's you on Rob. Snapchat? In- Instagram, uh, Snapchat. Are you on TikTok? No. We got to get the Beach City Giants on TikTok. I think they have uh, TikTok. I just never really wrapped my head around like the couple. I think what did it for me, what sealed the deal for me in TikTok was there was a couple standing in front of the mirror and then they turned the lights off, turned them back on and they were wearing each other's clothes or something. I was like, this is weird. I'm not. (laughs) I think you need to give it another chance. All right. But you may, you actually might not have the time, uh, because it is, I, I'll be in bed watching the Dodgers and be on TikTok. And three hours later, I'm still on TikTok. You know, time just flies. Yeah. That sounds like a, sounds like a tough one. But there's a lot of great content on TikTok and it's just like reels. You know, I know that Instagram is you know, when they changed to their new version of Instagram and everybody freaked the hell out because they thought that it was going to become the next TikTok. I actually, I liked it. I liked it. I think people want to see quick, informative or funny or sweet or something they can gravitate onto quickly. You know, that's why people watch stories. That's why people love reels. That's why people love TikTok. That's why, you know, Facebook is now um, pushing reels harder than stories. And I just think social media is just going through this like rapid change right now. And we just got to stay on top of it, especially, especially if you're an athlete trying to get recruited somewhere. I think social media is the coolest free tool you could possibly use to show off your talents. Well, there's actually a, something similar to a social media platform for athletes. It's called Huddle, where you create a Huddle account, then you upload all your film and everything to your Huddle account, then you share your How Huddle do you spell account. that? Just for anybody H-U-D-L-E. who's listening. H-U-D-L-E. H-U-D-L-E dot com? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. One, yeah. So you upload, you upload your film to that, and then you share it, and you set it up, and um, you can share the link with different uh, different outlets that, that are involved in um, recruiting and signing people up. Nice. Well, from what I know, just my background, my, my dad actually wrote a program called recruit me and it's for high school athletes to get recruited. It's a system to help them get recruited into the college systems. And, uh, he ended up selling the program, but I, I, I paid attention and, you know, watched how everything rolled out. And one thing that stood out for me was, Coaches will go to your social media to see what kind of person you are. They want to know, they want to know who you are behind closed doors. Absolutely. Absolutely. So any, any kids in high school that are going through the recruiting process, don't put any weird shit on your social media because coaches will look at it before they start the recruitment process to see if they even want to create and send you the letter. So, I mean, you have, you have to put it in perspective. There's, tens of thousands of kids trying to go play division one college football, but there may be each year, year in and out, year in, year out, there might be only um, a couple hundred spots on division one college football rosters. So the slightest little question, unless you're just like in the top 
0.1% of, of high school athletes, a any question into your character, your personality, they're just, they're going to pass on you. So, yeah. you know, and of course there is that small percentage where they'll think, oh, let's just get them here and let's try to keep dibs on them and, and make sure, um, you know, but that's, those guys are few and far between. They don't want to babysit. Right. Nor do they want anybody bringing negative, negative press to their program. Absolutely. Yeah. So if anybody out there is listening or parents possibly of student athletes, maybe go do a sweep of the social media and just make maybe. sure what you're uh, putting out there is something that would be desirable to a college coach. So anyway, I know we can go on and on, but I just really want to thank you, Rob, for coming on today. And yeah. like I said, I will put all of Rob's handles to all of his social media accounts um, in the podcast notes. And is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Um, pretty much covered it. Vulnerability is beautiful. Be vulnerable. Be use vulnerable. It, use it as a tool to grow. Use it as a tool to grow and find, it'll help you find a beautiful authenticity to be proud of. Be vulnerable with yourself. Yes. And then in turn, you can be vulnerable with the people who deserve it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So, well, thank you so much, Rob, for joining the show. And thank you to everybody who tuned in today. And remember, when we are eternal, we are ageless. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Ageless. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Tune in next week for a new episode.